Hi. Rich night, huh? Thank you, Lord. Um, hey, did everyone, or is there anyone that didn't get one of these cards? Has a little arrow on the back or writing on one, the other side? Anyone did get, anything, get one of these? Okay. Throw it back there. Whoops. That would have been amazing if I could have flung it. Did you get one? Hi, Sharika. Did you get one of these cards? Okay. Hi, Zach. Let me see you. Anyone else? Okay. Yeah. Yes, good. Christian, hi. Front row, folks. Look at you. Way to go. That's amazing. Um, okay. Hey, um, it's going to be a good night. Uh, it has been, and we're going to continue moving forward um, with what it has for us. So that little card, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Um, but... Um, I think just big picture might be a good place for us to start is that um, as we were coming into this year, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, can I have a beverage too, please? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Zach, can you brew me some fresh coffee? <laughs> Wilderbloom, please, that only the best. Um, anyways, thank you. Just kidding. <laughs> um, we, um, coming into this, this, this time of the year, the, the, the two things that we're feeling like God's been inviting us into. It's just this simple picture. We're just seeing Jesus taking, he's walking a step ahead of us and he's reaching back and saying, will you take my hand? Will you take my hand and let me lead you? And so that's just, as a community, who we are, that's where we're going. We're going to learn to walk with Jesus. And it's not a churchy thing. I actually, that means something much deeper than just, well, of course, you, you're, you guys walk with Jesus. We actually are going to say, that's where we're leaning into is we just want to love him more and let him lead us. Um, kind of like that word that Stone had is just if there's bricks that we're carrying, we want to lay at his feet. Conversely, that God's building something with us. He's doing something in us, and we just want to stay in step with him. Um, the other thing that we feel like he's saying is from this season is connecting dots. So a lot of times in our life, we got this relationship with God, or if you're here tonight, you don't know Jesus yet, and you're like, what is this stuff you guys are talking about? That's great, and we're so glad you're here. But there's this question of like, there's God, and then there's, like, tomorrow morning, I get to get up and brush my teeth, right? And then if you work at home on a computer, there's some of you in this room that don't like that job, <laughs> and you do that job, and you're like, oh. Um, there are, it's like Jesus, and then there's this connectedness of the rest of our life, and how do they intertwine in a way that actually gives me fullness of life? You guys know what I'm talking about? It's a real question. And, and I think what God's doing in us in this time of the year is actually going to walk us through some of those things. So last, last Abide, last month, we actually talked about Mary of Bethany that broke the alabaster jar in Jesus' feet. And we, we, we looked at this contrast of, of her extravagant worship mixed with the Pharisees and those that were like, why are you wasteful? Why are you wasting your life on this Jesus? And we actually had a list, and we said, we might have a little Pharisaism if we, da, 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 da. and there's like seven or eight things that we went through that are scripturally based, that are just like, God, search our heart in this time. And the remedy we talked about, the remedy was just be extravagant worshipers of Jesus. Just how do we learn to live walking with him day by day? So tonight, we're actually going to talk about the church. Isn't that exciting? Not like the church, but like the big C church. Yeah? Because sometimes... That's part, of our, that's part of the connectedness is like this, okay, this God thing on Sunday, but how does that work on like Tuesday when I have a coworker that I don't like being around? 
It's true, some of us, not me. I love all my coworkers. Um, it's true, I actually do, especially this one right here. Um, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, how does this connect with, I don't, uh, whatever, just the normalcy of life and, and this, this thing that God's called us to live on this planet for? And how is church intertwined with that? Is it just a Sunday deal and a, once a one Friday a month at Abide kind of deal, or is it actually something different and better? And what I want us to do is dive deep in the word. So we're going to do that tonight um, and then wrestle with how does that apply to our life. Um, So there's more to talk about than we have time for. So I gave you a little card that you're welcome to take home with you. So let me really really quickly talk you through this. Okay, flip to the side with the the arrow. A friend of mine uh, made this, and it's called the Five Circles of the Church. If you go through the book of Acts, all of these are actually represented as far as a healthy person living with a healthy community and impacting a world around them. And it starts with me and Jesus. We, we see that in Acts 4, where, where um, Peter and John were arrested. You might remember this story. And then the Sanhedrin questioned them and then put them out. And they said, what do we do with these guys? Because they're regular guys that have been with Jesus. There's something different about them because they've been with this Jesus. And we see life on life discipleship where two or three are gathered. Jesus says, I'm in your midst. That's church as well. We see life group is what we do throughout the week. Um, and it's meeting house to house. It's usually a lot of times we talk about Acts 2, 42 through 48. It's like that's our model. But it's very biblical. That's church as well. And then the church, the bigger church gathering is also very biblical. And you can see it in the latter parts of Acts as the church grows and spreads. As larger groups gather and there's greater purpose for larger groups and there's other purposes for smaller groups. And the fulfillment of that is live, us living on mission. And you can see that in the end of the arrow. And that's what the intention of God for us as we walk out this relationship with him and learn to live in healthy community with the church, then we actually get to a place where we actually see our workplace as God has called me here. And these people don't know him, and I'm going to pray and love them. And he's put me here. He has, there's an intentional calling of God for me as a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or whatever it is. Okay? That's the intention of God for the church. All right, flip to the other side real fast. Um, there's a big fancy word there. Nathan, how do you pronounce that? Come on, Greek scholar. Ecclesia? Oh, you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. <laughs> I'm very wrong. You're very right. I'm just kidding. If you don't know Nathan, he's actually really like Greek cool guy. <laughs> that was amazing. I've never heard it pronounced correctly. So, <laughs> um, Okay, back on track. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit and how he just pronounced this correct. Um, we're going to, we're going to, a little we're going to dive into that. Um, these are the verses we're going to go through tonight. I want to put this in your hand so you can take this with you the next few days, the next few weeks, take this to life group, and just say, God, teach me more of how I fit in this thing called church. And the last part is actually a lot of times if you've been around a while, you've heard us quote or read Acts 2, 42 through 48 where it's like, this is the intention of the church. But oftentimes what we miss is it was, that was a culmination of a lot of series of events. And so I want to give you something, offer you something this month. Read through John 17 through Acts 2, finish Acts 2, and look for what was the precursor, what were the things that led up to a healthy church expression worked out that led to people that didn't know Jesus saying, I want what you have. 
And I, I kind of dropped a few things in there, and I put a few uh, verses in there, but I just want to give that to you as an opportunity, a great chance to take and say, you, you, Holy Spirit, your Bible and your journal, and sit down every day and read through some of these verses and just say, Lord, would you teach me? Where do I fit? What is, how does this all thing work together? Okay? So that's that. All right. Um, so the church, ready? So just real quick foundational. Um, the church, there's a, there's a, we call, we're gonna, for the sake of conversation, small C, big C. Small C would be like Antioch or Bethel or um, what are other great churches? We're new in the valley. Redemption. Redemption, CCV. There's a lot of incredible churches in the valley that love Jesus, that are doing amazing things. And we are, they are brothers and sisters, and we are so deeply thankful for that. That would be like the big church. We are all part of a family. We're all part of the people of God. And it expresses in a local setting here and across the street and down the way. It's all healthy and good, and it's wonderful what God's doing, how he's interworking the calling on his heart with individual churches for a greater purpose. So we're talking big C. We're not talking about Antioch tonight. Is that good? Okay, great. And um, the working definition is on the top there, below church, and then that word Nathan said correctly, and I said it wrongly. Um, so that word broken down, we, I tied it together for a definition that we want to just work from here. It's a group of people set apart, gathered around Jesus and living on his purposes. That's the big C church. Group of people gathered together, centered around Jesus, and they're set apart. God's called them to, my life is now your life. And now we're living with him around Jesus, gathered together, and we're set on his purposes around the earth. That's the church. Okay? All right, if you've ever heard anyone talk about the church, I want to invite you to be able to kind of take off the I've heard this kind of thing and go, Jesus, teach me tonight. Can I say that? Okay, I I personally don't have anything to wow you tonight with, (laughs) but I have the word of God, and that's enough to change us. And so I just want to invite you, if your brain's going, oh, I've heard this before, you haven't enough. I haven't enough. I've probably read, I've read a lot of these verses a lot in my life, and I read them again, I go, God, teach me tonight. Feed me, God. Change me through your word. Okay. So here we go. How do we, um, what is the church? What's the church? This is dialogue. Ready? We're dialoguing. Oh, stop. Good. You get an A for the day, Christian. Um, what is the church? Can you define it? Put it into words. What's the church? Is it a building? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, or what is the purpose of the church? Maybe let's go that way first. What's the purpose of the church? To exalt Jesus. To exalt Jesus, yeah. Unified body. What is it? Community. Community, yeah. Okay. Is the church supposed to create things? Yeah. It's, it's a source of God creation that comes out, and that's through art and music and speaking, and I think it's a lot more than we experience as he's called the church to actually create things that the world will look at and go, there's a God, because that's a beautiful painting. It's a source of creation. What else is the church? Or what's the purpose of the church? Enjoying life together. Enjoying life together, yeah. To be an image of the kingdom to come. To be an image of the kingdom to come. That's a mouthful, and I agree. <laughs> Way to go, Sam. You get an A as well today. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. Any other thoughts? What is the church? What's the purpose of the church? Yeah. Spread the good news around the world. Yeah. 
Okay. To love others. Love other people. Okay. Great. Meet practical needs. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like help and counsel and challenge each other. Help, counsel, and challenge each other. Absolutely. Okay. That's great. So, um, what is needed to be considered a church? People. Humans? <laughs> so, is there a minimum that's required to be considered a church? Two or three are gathered? Okay. So, is a building needed to be a church? No, we all know that. What about a steeple? What about stained glass? Did anyone know there's stained glass behind there? I don't know, Mac, but I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Simmer down, Mac. Hey, Mac, we love you. It's okay. Okay, so, hey, I'm, I, I'm real questions, though. I think I want to get us, boil it down to something really simple here. So is a guitar needed? No. No, okay. Is a, uh, do you, are you required to dress up? No. no. Okay, all these answers would be no, but let's keep going for a moment. Just play along with me, okay? Um, so it isn't necessary that a church needs 500 people or 1,000. So is there too many people to say it's no longer a church? So it could be a million people, still church. It's a big church. Okay? So what's the common denominator that makes it church? It's Jesus. It's the people and Jesus. It's two or three or it's a million gathered around this king of kings and saying, that's the one I love and that's the one I want to obey. That makes it the purity of church. Okay? So us here tonight, this is church. So where the king is, his kingdom is, right? And where God's kingdom is, he reigns and rules. And that's why even tonight as we come, there's the potential that we could leave with, if you came with something heavy in your heart, you actually laid at his feet and you walk away free. If you came tonight and you're like, Man, I got this sin in my life and I hate it and I can't get free. You could leave here free. You have woundings in your body or woundings in your heart or woundings about the church. That there's a potential because we come into where the king is, we now step under his authority and his reign and rule. And we have the potential to say, I'm free. You guys know that feeling? Where some, God does something and you're like, oh, that weight is gone. That's the power of Jesus and his church. Me and him small group or a group like this or larger. The potential is there. And so it's important for us to be able to show up to these kind of things and say, I have expectations that the king is here and I desire him to show off and love me the way he can only love us. And somehow this interconnectedness of I'm worshiping, but we're worshiping and something there starts to reflect heaven and his kingdom is here and things change. So if you're like me, I've grown up in church all my life, and I lived a lot of life showing up to church and going, well, I hope the sermon goes well. I hope I don't fall asleep. Um, I've learned over the last several years to say, Jesus, every time I'm showing up, because you're there, because we're lifting you high, and so something can shift in me, and you have gifts for me to give to other people. That's the church. That's the exchange of the church, okay? So let's look at the word. Um, 
on your cards, you guys see about halfway down those list of verses? Okay, so we're going to do a little group activity here. So you get in groups of two, three, four-ish. Grab one of those sets of verses. Oh, did I do a typo? Oh, my goodness. It is not Hebrews 10, 219. It's not that. Oh, I tried so hard this time. Let's just go 21 to 25, okay? We'll not go 219. What I want you to do is get in your groups, grab one of these sets of verses, read through it together two times, someone read through it, and then talk about in these verses, what does it talk about Jesus' purpose for the church or the bride of Christ? It may not have the word church, see church, it may have a different descriptor, but what are the purposes that God has for the church? And we're going to write them up here and take a look at them, okay? So ready? Could grab a group, grab a couple people. Come on, initiate, pursue. So the question again, the question is, what is in these verses, what is, how does God describe the purposes of the church, the function of the church, the body of Christ, that kind of thing? Yes. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs>
Okay, one minute. One minute. Okay, about 15 seconds. Which group, um, here's what we're going to do, Which, choose someone in your group that wants to read it out loud, and we'll have it up on the screen, and you got any Bibles too, and then um, just share with us a couple things that you found in there that are the purposes of the church or God's intention for the church, okay? So who had Hebrews 10? Did anyone have Hebrews 10? That's funny. Really? <laughs> That's funny. Well, here we go. Let's read it together. Well, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. It's great. Okay. Um, that's funny. I thought, do I need to sign him? Like, no, everyone will get one. It'll be fine. Uh, Ephesians 3. Did you have Hebrews? You did? He, you, you had Ephesians 3 or you had Hebrews 10? You did. Thank you. Are you with this? <laughs> do you mind reading it? Just sharing with thoughts? Okay. You ready? Oh, you did two? Way to go. Overachievers. We're getting there. <laughs> Sorry. We'll come back to you. You find it. We'll come back. So who did Ephesians 3? We did. You guys did. Okay. Yep. Okay. So let's read out loud and let's figure out what's it telling us. I was made a... Oh, you want me to read it out loud? What's that? You want me to read it out loud? Yes, please. Okay, cool. Um, I was made a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the least of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of Christ, and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known to the church, to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his internal purpose, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Okay. And so... What's the purpose of the church? Yes. Um, so in verse 10, it says, oh. <laughs> um, in verse 10, it says that um, we're made to share the multifaceted wisdom of God. Um, the only way that it's known is through the church. Um, and similarly, uh, Paul, being a mouthpiece of the church at this moment, um, is having to share about the mystery of God. Okay. So the church has to be revealing the mystery of God in creation and also um, sharing the wisdom of God to everyone. Okay. 
So it says multifaceted wisdom. Yes. To what's the next verse? What's the next words after that? Multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. Interesting. It's actually not the rules and authorities of this earth. Right. I'm not making like a political statement there. I just think it's interesting to, to note that's where it starts. Isn't it to authorities in the heavens? What's that? If someone wants to write, I'd love that. Does anyone want to write? You're kind of on display up here. That feels a little weird, but yeah, you can. That's great. Yay, Jenny! Way to go. Okay, so the church's purpose is to display the multifaceted wisdom to the authorities in, in the heavens. That's crazy. What does that mean? I don't know, but that's an incredible purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's amazing. The church's purpose is to display the wisdom of God. And it's not one-faceted. It is multifaceted. And if it's to the heavenlies, it also now plays itself out into this world. And so the church is designed, you and I, who probably if you're like me, we have places where we're like, oh, I need wisdom. I need... But it's like, no, in God, in the church, we have this wisdom of heaven that is for this earth. For the people around us, it's on display to the, to the unseen world, but it also plays itself out here. So the church carries authority and purpose that's way beyond what I think, what I've known my church experience to live in. But oh God, teach us. Okay? It's also, as you said, it's to display the mystery of God. Okay? I, I think the church's purpose is to go, this God is not that difficult. He loves you. He's for you. And now, let's walk with him. And in that, there's the mystery of his power, his authority, his grace. That is our job. And we're humans. That's where we fall short, right? So here, we were talking about earlier. Um, let's see. Ephesians 4. Who has Ephesians 4? Okay, why don't you pass that back. While we're doing that, we were talking earlier about what the church needed. Remember we said Jesus, and then we said people? So Jesus and people are the, the, um, are the common denominator of this equation. The variable is our hearts. The variable is if I show up tonight and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here. This is terrible. It's going to be terrible. Apart from God going boom, you know, which he loves to do. But if I show up, the variable is my heart saying, God, I'm hungry and I want to know you. It's what I said last month. It's that I show up and say my commitment is to receive and to give then I move away from self-focus, I move away from the hardness of my day, I move away from different things, and I move towards his people, say, I'm going to receive from them, and you, God, and whoever you're, the, the worship, and whoever's leading, and I'm going to give to people. God, is there anyone in this room you want me to pray for? God, is there anyone in this room that you need to display your multifaceted wisdom to? Okay, that is our opportunity. That is the variable. It's my heart, my inner world is the variable. Just me, warm body, and Jesus doesn't make the church effective. It's got to be, I've got to um, partner with him and with the church. Okay, okay Ephesians 4. You ready for us? Mm-hmm. 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. That was a lot. (laughs) Okay, can you give us two or three? What's the purpose of the church? Um, To fulfill the various roles that are needed to support uh, the people um, in the church and the ones who are not not part of it yet. The pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. So that's, yes, it's like the, so in the church, there's actually a growth process happening, a leadership and others growing into that giftings that, that affect the body of Christ and affect the world. Mm-hmm. So what's it say right after that? So that. Um, Does it say so that? Not really, but <laughs> to equip uh, people for works of service. Okay. And then uh, verse so 14, people. so we no longer are infants tossed back and forth. So we did talk about this um, foundation of truth and love and um, the church having the purpose of um, bringing the people back to that uh, so that we are stand firm. And, mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. Okay. So quit people to work a service. Mm-hmm. And what was the next thing you said? Um, foundation of truth and love. Okay. So the purpose of the church, the function of church is actually for you and I to be equipped. Isn't that interesting? It's not actually to show up and go, oh, I'm just here filling a seat. It's actually I'm actively receiving so I can grow. And I want to grow because I want to help others grow. Okay? The purpose of the church is a foundation of truth and love. Okay? What did it, down a little bit farther where it said, so that they're not tossed about? Yeah, that's what I, my interpretation of foundation of truth. But not tossed, tossed back and forth by waves blown here and there, by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Okay. Interesting. So the purpose of the church is what? Stability. The purpose of the church, when we show up and there are people that God has entrusted to lead us in worship or whatever it is, or preaching or whatever, that God has called them to lead us to help us grow and be equipped so that we have stability in life, so that we're not tossed about with the next great thing we read on social media or in the news or the next war and oh no, and the financial crisis. And what, we're not tossed about. We're stable because we are growing and trusting in him. The purpose of the church is to bring us stability. Isn't that good? Okay. All right. What's the next one? Go ahead and add one. Let's see. Ephesians 4. First Timothy. Who had First Timothy? You're kidding me. Really? No one had First Timothy? That's really funny. Okay. Did you have First Timothy? Okay. <laughs> oh well. Here we go. Let's let's. Um, who can look it up real quick, and we can just read out loud. First Timothy. I can do 
Okay, Stone's got it. Okay, let's listen when Stone reads it. What, and see if we can kind of fill in some blanks here. Although I hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Okay. So what's the purpose of the church here? Anyone catch that? I mean, we're the pillar and foundation of truth. Period. Pillar and foundation of truth. Okay. Anything else in there? We are the ones that believe on what he's done. Okay, great. Can you get those? So the church, so let's just say Antioch, is, is intended by the purposes of God to be a pillar and a foundation of truth, as is redemption, all the redemptions around the state, and all the other incredible churches that love Jesus here. We are, our intention is to be a pillar and a foundation. Why are we not fully there yet? <laughs> because we're in it. Because I'm in it, and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're the, we're the variable. We're growing into these things, but God's intention is this church, us, the church, is being formed together, and its purpose is to fulfill these things, is to be truth, is to be clear about who God is and his purposes for our lives. Okay? Who had the next one? Tell me, someone did Colossians? <laughs> Y'all got Colossians? Okay. Let's go to this side, because, you know, they're feeling a little bit left out. Jackson, you reading? Sure, Come yeah. on. Okay. So it's Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Uh, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot there. Okay, so what were a couple of things you guys picked up? Um, one is that... Uh, we fall under the, all things that have been created in, through him and for him. So we exist to bring him glory and to bring him like joy. Um, mm-hmm. He holds us together. Yeah. Um, he is the head of the body, so he provides us direction as well as life. Um, he gives us he gives us life to the to the body. And then we being made like him and being given direction by him exists to, to be ministers of reconciliation as well as to um, make peace through his blood shed on the cross. Okay. It's a lot. Come on, Kyle. You know anything to say? Oh, good. Um, so I want to mention one important thing. Who's in charge of the church? Jesus. Jesus. Who's the head of the church? Jesus. Travis? is our lead pastor, and we submit underneath him, and he submits under Jesus. Okay? This body, the church, big C, the head is, is Jesus. And so what do our head, what our head do? Our head looks where it needs to go when we follow. 
Our body responds to the head. The head's the brain. The head helps think. There's clarity. The head's connected with the eyes and ears and all the senses. The intention of God is that we would live in such unity with Jesus that he would lead us and we would follow. It wouldn't be that somehow someone arrives to a standard of wisdom or experience that says, now I lead the church. It's actually, no, if I submit underneath my king and he leads us, we're going to be okay. Isn't that good? So he's the head of the church. So he's the head of your life group. Yeah? His desire is our life groups look this way, or at least grow this direction. Okay? And I know your life group's probably like, no, I don't actually not the pillar of truth in my neighborhood. <laughs> but his desire is that we grow in these things. His desire is in our life, our, these things are expressed rightly to the world around us. Okay, anyone have First Peter? Yes! yes. Perfect! Okay. All right. First Peter 2, 4 and 5. 4 through 5. First Peter 2, 4 and 5. The Lord Jesus is the living stone. The people of the world decided that they did not want this stone, but he is the one God chose as one of great value. So come to him. You also are like living stones, and God is using you to build a spiritual house. You are to serve God in this house as holy priests, offering him spiritual sacrifices that he will accept because of Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay, you guys get some of that? So what's the purpose of the church? What does it tell us? Um, so one of the things that we saw was to build the temple. Most translations say spiritual house, but I think it means like the temple. <laughs> that one's cool. I like that. It's great. You did great. <laughs> I like God's household. That works. I don't think it's wrong. Um, and then we are living stones, and he is the living stone. Um, so it seems that we are a reflection of um, Jesus and God the Father. So we're going back to the Imago Dei um, image of God. Um, and that we are to be a royal priesthood or a holy priesthood. So as Jenny's writing some of these things, I, I think, um, what do you think when you look at this? What are your thoughts when you look at this list? It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Can't do it by myself. Can't do it by myself, yeah. yeah. What else? Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Got it. Thank you, Jenny. Um, what do you think when you see these, this list? What's that? Encouraging. Encouraging? Why is it encouraging to you? Because God is like letting us be like these things like within the church and mm-hmm. to like he's like he's using us to like go and guard like he can do it all by himself, but he chooses to partner with us. Yeah. Yeah, so good. It's good. So imagine um, some of you so so if you work from who who raised your hand if you work remotely and you're on your computer in your room, okay. So imagine if when you log on tomorrow morning or Monday morning to work, and imagine if you go, you're like, sorry, everyone just like, heart attack. Wait, no, not yet. Um, 
Imagine if when you're logging on, because remember, we are the body of Christ. It's me and Jesus in a yielded heart. And so imagine if you're logging on and you said today, God, I want to be a pillar of truth to everyone I interact with. What if when you're going into work and you're like, oh, driving the, the commute and the traffic, and instead you're like, all these people around here, God, extend your glory into these cars. Because we are the body of Christ. We are created, though finite and fallible and difficult. We're, we're fragile. We're not there ever until we get to heaven. But to be able to say, wait, my job is to bring glory to his name. And so what if at your if workplace, what if you actually might find people that know Jesus and say, hey, every Tuesday, let's meet up together and have lunch and let's start praying for our cube mates. Let's start praying for our boss. What if in your church, is that, in your workplace is actually like your church? I want to push that boundary a little bit. Work is not about making money and paying bills. God's already said he's got that covered. Work's actually about your calling in your life. And how do we step into that calling and become this to your workplace? Not forcing it, not striving, not anything, but just going, God, renew my mind about all my coworkers and the job I have to do in front of me. What if instead... When you go to work and you're like, wait, I'm displaying the mystery of God everywhere I go. That first one, manifold wisdom of God, the authorities in the heavens. That means that as we live and surrender and trust of him, as we live in community in a healthy fashion, that we actually, there's thing in the unseen world that's actually your life and my life are displaying the mystery, the manifold wisdom of God. And so, uh, anyways, this is not, we're not, um, anyways, they're demons and angels, all that stuff's real. Yeah. Um, you're <laughs> it's not the night for that conversation, but we'll just say <laughs> authorities in heaven. That means there is a spiritual realm that we do not see most of the time, but it affects people in situations. And in your workplace, it's possible that you need to, and I need to walk in the confidence to say, I am moving out of the way the demonic influence around me. And I'm bringing the wisdom of God in this situation. And when your boss calls you in and says, hey, what do I need to do here? You might go, Jesus, I need help right now. What do I do? And he gives you wisdom in that moment that your boss goes, oh, it's a great idea. I want to build expectation. You are called by God to your job, to your roommates and to your neighbors. You are called by God. And so, Lord, help me grow in this more. That's all I want to invite us into. God, just help me grow. This is the church. That's what he called us to, okay? So one quick question, then we're going we're gonna to wrap up here looking at um, a couple of scripture. Um, what, and this doesn't line up with my church experience and probably yours, right? So what do we do to help our church, so our life group, me and Jesus, Sunday mornings, here, what do we do to help this increase? To help the body of Christ become beautiful to the world around us. Pray for us. What's that? Pray for it. Pray. Yes, that's a great idea. Share testimonies. Yes, your testimonies. Absolutely. This is what God's doing in my life. Yeah. But do we actively like participate in Okay. Great. Strengthen and encourage the people. What's that? Strengthen and encourage the people God's put in our lives. That's good. Yeah, yeah. 
Kind of like Nathan and Bree had us do the, where we heard about the day and then they say, say something nice about him. I'm like, that's amazing. It doesn't have to be super spiritual. It actually can just be, I have hope inside of me and so I offer something kind to you. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Did you have something? good yeah and, and here here's the the, the the huge grace covering here you're not supposed to be here today or tomorrow or even next year potentially but to say i got my sight set on me the church our life group the church and and the church church to actually grow into these things and so my choices of getting up and seeking god in the morning affect the big church on a sunday morning do you realize that it actually matters that I'm seeking God and I'm walking with him. It matters I show up to life group even when I'm exhausted. And I say, I'm tired, I'm having a hard time, can you pray for me or whatever. It matters that we actually lean into community because that's an interconnected part of our life, okay? All right, you guys ready? We're gonna wrap it up. One last thing. Um, Turn, if you will, your Bibles to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. So what we have here is Jesus talking about it with his disciples, and this exchange is fascinating. If you're like me, I've read through this a number of times in my life, and I keep reading because it doesn't make sense to me. And a couple years ago, God's like, slow down. I want to talk to you about this. So I want to bring us into it because it's another glimpse of what the church is intended to be. Matthew 16, we're starting at 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or or even one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh or blood, but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, it, within this story, or in this little, little interchange with Jesus, is, there's a couple of really important things. The first one is his question. Do you notice how he said to the disciples, he said, who do people say I am? It's still ambiguous. And they give an answer, but he goes, what about you? You notice how he said the word you twice. I actually have underlined in my, ver- my Bible. Because he turns it from this kind of ambiguity, I can answer for other people, to going, oh, what do I believe? Me, my life, my belief system. What do I believe? And it's interesting, Peter's response was, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I'm imagining that Peter didn't have everything figured out yet. So his confession that you are the Savior also means that most likely he had a ton of questions. So questions are okay. As long as we keep our face porting north, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Okay, it's really important. And for each of us, and I know in our own journeys and walk with God, there are times in life where we go, I don't know about all this stuff. 
If you haven't been there, you probably will. I've been there a few times in my life. But I have to resolve and I choose to resolve. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and all this other stuff I don't quite get. This church stuff, this God thing, this Bible, I don't get it all. But I choose to keep my eyes faced forward on north and now say, God, help me understand all this. And he, for me, it's, I think it's happened three times and in my life. And every time he gets me back to a solid place because I stay focused on he's the king. And it's important as well that question's answered if you're here tonight and you don't know that answer. If you're here tonight and you would be getting in the car and leaving, and I, I trust it wouldn't happen to any of us, but if you were to get in a wreck and die and stand before God and he says, why should I let you into heaven? We need to know the answer to this question. It's important. Because the Bible says that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. And there is only one way to make it into heaven. And there is only one way to be free from sin on this earth. And to be a contributing factor to this. And that's a relationship with the living God. And so I, just, I don't want to miss a chance tonight to be able to say, if you don't know him, it's as simple as saying, God, I give you my life. Would you come in and fill me and change me? And it starts you on a journey that's incredible. Because that's the choice we make, and now God help me understand the rest of it. Okay? So if that's you tonight, I'd love to have a conversation with you tonight. If you're like, I don't, I don't know where I'm at with God. That can be solid and answered tonight. And it could change your life forever. So from that point, he's got three different things, and this is what we want to finish tonight with. And I think this is part of what church is made of, or, or elements of church to help it be healthy and strong. He says, you are Peter, capital P, and he said, on this rock, lowercase r, I'm going to build my church. He speaks identity to Peter. You're no longer Simon, you're Peter, you are a rock. But then he says, lowercase r, you are this rock, meaning this truth is how my church is built. The foundation of everything we do to, to, for this to come to fruition is to say, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now, help me grow, Lord. Okay? So that rock word, the word when he uses rock, he's not referring to Peter's like the big cheese. He's saying, this truth that you have, I just said big cheese. <laughs> you know what I meant. Translate that however you want. Um, he's, he, but you know what I'm saying? He's actually going, this truth that you have, this is the thing that will change your life. And he goes on and he says, and when we live in that foundation, the gates of hell will not overtake you. And some of us in this room tonight, you might feel like the gates of hell are about to overtake you. And I'm actually not being like dramatic. I'm serious. There are some of you that tonight you're like, I have to be free. I have to be free tonight. I have to have breakthrough tonight. It may feel like in your relationships to the family or in your own personal world that there's a sin pattern and you're like, I just gotta be free. This thought pattern, anxiety, or maybe there's like suicidal thoughts bouncing around your head in the nighttime hours when you're still awake and it feels like the gates of hell are coming against you. That is our opportunity as the body of Christ here to say, can we stand beside you and say, you're not gonna be overtaken you're going to be free. So that's the third, that's the second part of a healthy church. One is identity. One is that, that we will not be overcome. 
And the third one is the key. It says the keys of the kingdom. And he says, bind on earth, loose on heaven. Uh, bind on earth, bind in heaven, loose on earth, loose in heaven. The confessions of our mouth matter. But there's a, there's a, there's a deal here about our authority that's really important. And in my mind's eye, that's sometimes when I pray for us, I see God coming around and giving us keys. Where it's like, this is a key to unlock the wisdom you need. Unlock the power you need to love people well, to see people whole and healed. That is the purpose of the church. Okay? So we're going to pray for each other for a few minutes. You guys got a few more minutes in you? Yes? Okay. So here's what I want to do. We encourage each other earlier about our day. I want God to encourage us through each other. Okay, the Bible calls it prophecy. It's really simple. Lord, is there anything you have for me for this person? And then you just submit it to him. It's not a big deal, okay? So in a second, we're gonna stand up and you're gonna get one other person. It'd be great if you know him. It's totally, if that might be helped us not be so weird. Um, but I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna take about 30 seconds and we're just gonna listen. You see, what did Jesus do with Peter? He said, he said, you're right, you are Simon, but now you're Peter. He said, your identity's different than you know. And it set Peter on a course, a trajectory that built the church because his identity was spoken over him. And some of us today really need to hear, what does God think about me? What does he really think about me? And a lot of times we look in the mirror and we can't define that, but it helps. That's the body of Christ. If we sit next to someone and they say, hey, can I submit something I feel like God's saying for you? And just offer it to them. So I'm going to pray. Uh, we're going to get up and get groups. And I'm going to pray. And it'll take about 30 seconds to wait quietly. So if you have a thought go through your brain about that person that's loving, that's kind, that's biblical, that would be encouraging. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 says that prophecy is encouraging. Something of that nature, just offer it to them. Okay? Hey, I just think that I would, I want to submit to you that God would say this about your life. I want to submit to you something that came to mind that might be the Lord. And you just offer it to him. And let's exchange that. And I'm trusting in this room that the Holy Spirit's going to help us to build each other up. Okay? You guys good with that? All right. Great. So let's stand up. Grab someone else. Grab partners, got to take initiative here. So if, if in this moment you're like, oh, I'm down with this, this is super comfortable, good for you, it's great. If you're not, no fear. Okay, can everyone look at me real quick? Hey. This is not about you and I actually like generating something nice to say. This is about saying, God, is there anything you have for this person? And then you just offer it to them. And that's it. And in that, we trust that this happens. The church becomes encouraging and identity gets exchanged. Things someone else might need to hear. Okay? Does that make sense? So if your heart's racing and you're like, I got to put, no, just relax. Just, we're loving Jesus. We're letting him be the head of the church. And we're just playing our part, okay? All right, so I'm going to pray real quick. They'll give us 30 seconds. Does everyone have someone? Yep, 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 yep. Okay, give us 30 seconds. We're going to wait quietly. And just if something comes to mind, he may give you a picture. He may give you a thought or a scripture. 
or something that just lines up with this word and his character. And then we're just going to offer it to the person, okay? So, Lord, we love you and we thank you that you are a God of encouragement and a God of identity-shifting moments in our life. And so in the name of Jesus, I ask this room would be that you take us, Holy Spirit, into a, a different place right now. So, Lord, we submit our hearts. We lay down to any measure of striving or, like, worry. We don't have what it takes right now in the name of Jesus. And we just sit before you, Lord, as, as your children. Say, God, do you have anything for this person next to me? Okay, so we're just going to wait quietly for 30 seconds. <laughs>